Have you ever wondered where certain words or phrases come from? Like, why do we say rule of thumb? Or where did the phrase love is blind come from? What about flash in the pan or tie the knot? Me too. We've discovered a podcast that answers all of these questions. It's called Why Do We Say That? It's a father and son podcast hosted by Scott and Liam Kelly. They explain the history and etymology of words and phrases you use every day, but we're maybe curious about where they came from or why do we say that? Episodes are released every Tuesday, and at the end of the episode, they play a fun word game. In Season 1, they played Word or Not a Word, and currently in Season 2, they are playing the world-famous game show, What Word Am I? Contestants are given the dictionary definition of a word, and they have to guess what the word is. Kind of challenging if you ask me. The Why Do We Say That podcast is available wherever you get your podcasts. Give it a listen today. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Crime and Coffee Couple. My name's Allison. And my name's Mike. Hi, Mike. Hey, what's going on? You know, a little of this and a little of that. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Not too much. Not too little. Not too much. Good. Coming um, out of spring break here. Our kids were off all week. Yeah. I took a couple of days off work. It has been lovely. Yeah, it's been kind of nice having uh, you around. I have been in heaven. Yeah. It's been uh, it's been real nice. You've had the um, it, it like makes the days feel different. Like if today we're recording on a Saturday, it feels like it's Sunday already. So mm-hmm. we got an extra day kind of still like left. A which bonus is nice. day. Yeah. Um, just not having that schedule. We haven't done or I haven't done a staycation in years. Yeah. So it's been great to just be home and not have a set agenda and just kind of do our own thing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and uh, we've been really getting into a local coffee place called Bee Coffee. Mm-hmm. Oh, I should, probably shouldn't say the name of it. Or Why? I? I don't know. Why okay? would you not say it? I don't know. Why wouldn't I? I don't know. I guess I'm just kind of <laughs> dangerous. <laughs> like a weirdo? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's a, it's a good like local place. I was going to like, yeah, it's, uh, what, what are you into now? What's your like drink um, of the choice? I do an iced mocha with coconut milk and then half the amount of mocha. It has coconut they, milk. I didn't know that. Yeah. I sub out. Okay. And normally I think it comes with like 2%. Yeah. Um, but I do coconut milk and half the amount of mocha. And she is obsessed with it, folks. Like, like um, I think sickness. you woke up this morning. You're like, I need one. I need like a, a mocha coffee, something. If I could have it injected directly into my veins, I'd also be fine with that. No, today this one is actually from Starbucks. Yes. So it's uh, this isn't from the, our local little shop, but we happen to be taking a nice little walk with the family because we're getting ready for a big hike we got later for a family vacation. Yes. So um, yeah, we're gonna. I mean, you're you're loving these mocha things. I am obsessed. Yeah. Um, I. I'm actually pretty buzzing on coffee too. Had myself like what I had like an espresso. I had my regular K cup. And then I also had like we went out to lunch. So I had a coffee, like a brunch. And I had, you know, once you get coffee at a restaurant, I love it because you just like slam the coffee. You can have as much as you want. And you're damn right I'm going to because I'm paying like what, five bucks for one cup of coffee, basically? Well, they put the carafe on the table so <sighs> that you could have as much as you want. First watch. If you guys have a first watch near you, good mm-hmm. times. It's uh, funny because the waitress was looking at our son and he's like, I'll have coffee. Yeah. <laughs> just, she's like, I wasn't expecting that. She didn't say that, but I know that's what she was thinking. You could see it in her head. Yeah. yeah but it's like, I just keep them coming, man. Just got keeping that thing pouring is so good. Oh, well, man. we are the crime and coffee couple. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm not drinking it now. I'm drinking water. So yeah. I can kind of calm down. You had down. to come down. You're like buzzing around here, like all angry and stuff before the podcast you're like <laughs> okay and i'll tell you why so we've allison likes to have things just so she likes to have everything in their place yeah 
and uh, she got this stupid basket from probably Amazon. It's I would have really to guess. nice, and it corrals everything. I'm gonna get up on the YouTube channel here and show it. And but. Mike doesn't care if we live in squalor. We'll say that. Yeah, that's true. I so mean, if you're watching the YouTube video, you could see my basket. It's nice, and rather than having a shit ton of cords all over the desk that you see right when you walk into our front door, it's nice and contained. Yeah, it's it's not unsightly as Mike likes things. And you might say, Mike, what's the big deal? She likes things nice, which is really nice. I, I agree. What is the big deal, Mike? Well, here's the thing. So um, we paid good money for these uh, items that we have, you know, plugged into the microphones and such, and it bends everything so that when you, she wraps it up and everything, she has to have it out of her mind. So she got to like put it in this little box and it bends all the cords. So I'm just looking forward to when it's like, okay, time to record. <laughs> She's doing hanging motions if you're not watching the <laughs> If video. you're watching the YouTube, yeah. there's been lots of motions. And, and some other things I probably didn't didn't catch. But um, <laughs> it, sometime we're going to go to record and it's going to be broken. She'd be like, why isn't it working? Why is it, Mike, Mike, can we get something from uh, Amazon? Kids, if you're not yet married, don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. Find somebody cool like me. Just, you know, make sure your other don't partner yeah, is, uh, is a little bit less neurotic. I would, I, say. I would definitely agree with you in the sense that I am neurotic. Yeah, yeah. But um, we got to, I mean, I get it. You got to put stuff away. That's fine. Just let's figure out something that actually works. I will works. take care of it. You will see that it will work. I'm now nervous. You can see hole. I have like nervous energy. It's just like. No, I'm, I think it was the 15 cups of coffee that you ingested. Yeah. I'm also ob- obese still. So <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm working up like a lot though. Yeah, you are. I'm proud of you. Four days a week. Choosing uh, healthier food options. Yeah. Yeah. I had a little uh, salmon frittata. A frittata? <laughs> yeah. A little frittata. Well, how nice. Yeah. It was really, really nice. I'm getting like extra protein. You know, there's mm-hmm. this guy. I used to read this book uh, by Tim Ferriss for our work week he's got like a whole diet and everything it's it's for like 10 15 years ago it was written but uh one of the things in his uh, four-hour diet is the fat tax basically like not to be fat you basically add extra protein to everything mm-hmm. so it's like an extra surtax for yourself to not be a fat person so <laughs> anytime and I, th- I think of it that way i hate spending extra money but at the same time i'm going to pay double protein for everything so i don't you know, ingest more rice and bread and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So I've been getting like double shrimp and double salmon and whatever. Chicken. Yeah. Yeah. What exactly. Oh, what any protein. A little of this, a little of that. Yeah. So. Um, but uh, besides that, man, it's been a great week. It has been. And yeah. sadly, back to work on Monday. Yeah. But um, we do want to say, hey, uh, thanks for anybody leaving us reviews. It helps us out quite a bit. It's a great mm-hmm. way to help us, you know, for free and uh, support us. And want to just read this uh, latest one from Sufficient. Oh. Um, it's hard to say it. But it's. Yeah, mine, whenever I leave um, reviews on people's podcasts, it totally jacks up. Like I have a bunch of letters and numbers. Yeah. So that's what one of these are. But it says, thank you. Love you too. And really enjoying you on YouTube too. Great job. Oh, how nice. Nice Thank and simple. You. Something simple. like that. Sweet and simple. Yeah, something simple. Go ahead. Do it if you got an Much iPhone. Much appreciated. Leave it or uh, any of those other platforms as well. Spotify, you know, um, whatever. Yeah. Leave, leave us a review. We, we greatly appreciate it. Greatly appreciate it. We've getting, been getting a lot of listener suggestions as well. And those are also, I know I've said it before, but I'll say it again. Greatly appreciate it. We just got like a flurry of like three or four. Allison's yes. like, oh, thank you so much. So yes. yeah, thank you so much for sending them. And one last thing, Allison, your shirt is awesome. Oh, thank you. Where'd you get it? Um, on our link tree, you can find it. Yes, on our well, and probably in our show notes. And our well. show notes. Yeah, well, yes. it's, a, it's our merch store. So and we appreciate each of you who have purchased something from our merch store. Absolutely, it helps spread the word. We're not making like anything on it. No. It's more about getting the word out. So. And I think as time goes by, maybe we can design some new things too. I kind of have some things in my mind Ooh. of what we could do. Ooh, yeah. a little tease. Yeah, okay. you know the. The wheels are always spinning up in this rusty brain. Several hamsters moving. Exactly. Quickly. They're really old. Yeah. So if 
you are ready, Mike, I am. Yeah, let's do it. So this is a listener suggestion. This is the death of Tucker Hips. And this was suggested by listener Ashley. So thank you so much, Ashley. I appreciate it. So in September of 2014, 19-year-old Tucker Hips was a sophomore who was pledging the beta chapter of Sigma Sigma Phi Epsilon, excuse me, which is known as SIGAP at Clemson Clemson University. We had SIGAPs at Northern Illinois. Mm-hmm. So moving forward, I'll be likely referring to this fraternity as SIGAP. Um, so this is in Clemson, South Carolina. On Monday, September 22nd, 2014, the fraternity was participating in a pre-dawn pledge run that ended in Tucker's death. Ah, that sucks. Not what you would expect with something like this happening. Yeah, I mean, once you were talking about fraternities and stuff, I was never part of a fraternity. I almost was. I was thinking about it. You were like, if you join a fraternity, we're probably not going to last. It just wasn't my thing. It's just not what I'm about. I would never in a million years consider, and I'm not knocking anybody that chose that lifestyle. I'm just talking about my own personal preference. Yeah. I'm just not the type of person that would join a sorority. I remember in one of my psychology classes, there was this girl that was so obnoxious and she would sit behind me every day. And she was just one of those people that is just like, shut up, like just stop talking. All she did was just talk about herself. And I remember one day I was sitting there and she talked so loud, you couldn't help but overhear. And she was like, yeah, last night I completely trashed my room. And then I called my pledge sister and had her come over and clean it up. And in my head, I'm like, if you fucking called me at midnight to clean up your shit, I would tell you exactly where to shove it. Yeah. And also F off and all those sort of things. Yes. Now, I'm sure not everybody's a piece of shit like that. Yeah. And I'm not saying that that's the case. I'm not generalizing. I realize that not everyone's like this, but I'm just using this as an example. It's stuck in your head. I was just like, oh, nasty. So anyway, um, this just ended tragically. At the time, Tucker was studying political science and chose SIGEP because he had plans to go to law school after graduation. He felt it would help with internship opportunities. Just, you know, another thing to put on your resume, basically. Um, Also the network. So Mm -hmm. there's like, you know, once you're in a fraternity or sorority, you have the network of people that will take care of their brothers and sisters. Yes. And that's absolutely a real thing. Mm -hmm. And that's why I'm saying I've, if that's your route, I am 100% not knocking you. I'm just, it's just not my path. It wasn't my path. Let's face it. I'm an old lady now. So he had been elected the fraternity's pledge class president and was serving as the liaison between the pledges that were hoping to become members. Because Tucker was an only child, he was looking to be around others and basically give him a sense of brotherhood because he didn't have that growing up. So it's a great way to make quick friends. Mm-hmm, absolutely. So Tucker was born on June 5th, 1995 to parents Cindy and Gary Hips. The couple hadn't actually planned to have children. Cindy was 35 years old when Tucker was born. They both felt that, you know, the birth of Tucker just changed their lives in a way they never expected. He was passionate about many things in life, including what was called the Palmetto Boys State. He was a senior counselor here. It's basically a program that teaches young men to learn about the American system of government and politics by participating in a mock government system. Interesting. And it's like you go off to this and participate. Maybe it's a week long. I'm not entirely sure. And I think they have a girls system as well. I think I've seen that. At least like something related to that. It's it's interesting. I had it's, never it's heard of it. Really weird to be that young and so into mm-hmm. politics. It's I mean, yeah, it's like good and bad, I guess. And he was not one dimensional. Like he was into a lot of things. He loved helping others, especially those who were less fortunate. Despite being a college student with 
with little money, Tucker was the kind of person who would take a homeless person to lunch. He would always choose experiences and people over things. You know, he, things weren't important to him. Experiences were. And study after study says that's way more important. Super important. I mean, like traveling and stuff like that. But they just said he was always happy. People just gravitated to him because he was just such an upbeat positive person always smiling just somebody that they say if you're spending time with like a positive person they're filling up your bucket rather than depleting it yeah tucker seemed like somebody that absolutely filled your buckets so um cindy his mom remembers tucker's contagious smile his bright eyes and he did absolutely have a very beautiful smile and bright eyes tucker loved everyone and those who knew him felt that he was their best friend they had i watched a lot of interview with interviews with like various guys and all of them just spoke so highly of him and just had the utmost of respect for him as a person. I'd say check out our Instagram for a picture of him. Yeah. And he had a girlfriend named Katie. He was athletic, super, super athletic. He participated in soccer, baseball, football, and basketball. Wow. It's like this was a talented kid. In college? Not in college, okay. but throughout his life. What he participated in in college, they didn't exactly say. Tucker attended Rock Springs Baptist Church in Easley, South Carolina. He was very involved in his church. They described him as a man of God, very faithful. Um, He was very involved in his youth groups at his church. So just very multidimensional. Very giving and stuff and Mm -hmm. thinking about the community. And um, his mom said he was one of those people that would never just sit around. He always wanted to be outdoors doing things. And uh, so many of the videos I watch, like he's in kayaks, he's playing sports, just go, go, go. Sounds like the kind of life we should all kind of strive for. Absolutely. I'm I'm so much of a homebody. I'm just like, "Eh." you are so much nicer to be at home. So Cindy and Gary checked in with Tucker, calling him the day before he died. And of course, they, they didn't know it would be the last time they would hear their son's voice he told them that he was very busy on campus he was playing in a soccer tournament on campus they ended their call by each of them saying i love you and cindy carries these words in her heart in the first three weeks of the fall of 2014 semester clemson authorities were investigating complaints that had been voiced about violations by sigma phi epsilon as well as other fraternities these fraternities were at risk for suspension for violations involving hazing and sexual misconduct conduct. So there were definitely things going on that were threatening their suspension, not of just this fraternity, but others on campus at that well, time. Well, yeah, because they all get ideas from each other. Mm-hmm. It's monkey see, monkey do. And, and they're young. Yeah, you know, young and stupid and alcohol's involved and makes mm-hmm. them make bad decisions. So the early morning run on September 22nd was a hazing ritual and had been banned by the National, National Sigma Phi Epsilon Fraternity and violated Clemson's hazing policy. Sig Ep had sent emails to Clemson authorities hoping to get permission to hold the run on the morning of September 22nd, but the university never responded to the request. They basically took the silence as permission and went ahead. Ask for forgiveness rather than yes. yeah, wait for permission. Exactly. So they went ahead with the event. A text was sent to the 27 pledges instructing them to wear dark clothing that morning so that they wouldn't be spotted. As pledge class president, it was Tucker's job to pick up 30 McDonald's biscuits, 30 hash browns, and two gallons of chocolate milk. He was to bring these items to the fraternity hall before the run started so that everyone could have their breakfast after they finished the run. Nothing <laughs> like biscuits and chocolate and hash. Milk. It's such a like 19-year-old <laughs> thing to have. Like, what do you have for breakfast? Hash browns, biscuits, and chocolate milk. Hey, it sounds pretty good. <laughs> so something went down. I think Tucker just didn't have the money necessarily because, again, he's a 19 year old college student 
you know, to buy 30 breakfasts. You got to figure that's like 60, 70, 70-ish bucks, yeah. you know, 80 maybe at that time. Uh, yeah. Or who knows? But yeah, it's a, uh, uh, yeah, if okay. I had 20 bucks on my, on my hand, a ch- you know, a chunk lucky. of change when yeah. you're in college. So he didn't bring the breakfast and this caused an argument with Tucker and another member who was uh, Thomas King. So regardless, Tucker and the other pledges started the run across Highway 93 Bridge at 5.30 a.m. that morning. Before 7 a.m., it was discovered that Tucker was missing when he didn't report to the fraternity breakfast. So what they had done was they asked the pledges to leave their phone and keys. I don't know if it was in a like bowl or something like that, but they were to be left behind and they were going to run the um, the route, whatever they had chosen to do without these items. So everyone's back. They see there's a set of keys. There's a phone sitting there that Tucker hadn't come back to get his items. So this is when they're saying they realized he wasn't there. The pledges began to look for Tucker at around this point, which would have been 7 a.m., but they didn't report him missing. At approximately 1.45 p.m., a brother named Campbell Starr made a 911 call. So during the 4-minute and 45-second call, Campbell specified twice that he did not want a police report or a missing persons report taken. He basically called and said, we don't want to file a report. We just want to see if you can help us out. And I actually listened to the call, and you could tell that the dispatcher was kind of confused. Well, yeah, it's like, you're calling 911, you dumbass. What do you think we're going to do? Yeah, so basically what he was saying to the 911 dispatcher was, um, you know, did you pick anybody up? And they're like, she's like, what do you mean? And he's like, you know, on like the side of the road. And he's like, she's like, sir, we don't pick people up on the side of the road. Like, I'm confused. What What are you calling about? So he's going, I mean, obviously he doesn't want to report because mm-hmm. it's going to be on the, the, you know, their permanent record and stuff, the right. SIGAP's permanent record. And they already know they can't be doing this. So they know they're going to get in trouble. So at the same time, at least he's good enough to call and, you know, be, be concerned. And, you know, he's trying to say, is there some way we can just take care of this without making it official? Right. It's like, no. Um, this was close to eight hours after they realized that Tucker had gone missing. Just a side note. Yeah. So when she asked for the per- missing person's name, Starr was clearly hesitant to provide it, but he did eventually tell the dispatcher. And then he also gave his own name. At approximately 3.30 p.m., Tucker's body was found. Uh. It was floating in Lake Hartwell after one of the brothers led campus police to his location. His blue athletic shoes were visible, and much of his body was submerged underwater. At 5.15 p.m., his body was recovered in the shallow waters less than 10 feet from the shore. An autopsy later found that he had died from blunt force trauma consistent with a head injury from a downward headfirst fall into the rocks in the shallow waters below. Jesus. Just tragic. Yeah. He also had injuries to his arms and legs. A toxicology report was done. It How showed far of a fall is that? Um, I don't know how far. I actually saw the bridge and where it was. I would guess somewhere around 30 feet. Okay. I am not a good judge of that, so I could be completely wrong. So do not take that as fact. Um, they did a toxicology report. He had not been drinking or ingesting drugs at the time of his death, though he would have likely been really in no shape to do this run because he got very little sleep the night before. I guess some of the frat brothers had called him multiple times throughout the night 
not to mention the fact that the run was starting at 5.30 in the morning. He probably would have had to get up around 4, well, 4.30. I'm sure they do that to all of them to mm-hmm. kind of make their lives a living hell. Right. And this was a Monday morning. This how, was a school day. How long of a run? I, they did not say. Okay. Mm-mm. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, he was playing soccer. I mean, he probably was in decent shape. So it sounded like they all got back for breakfast at around 7 a.m. So approximately, it sounds like somewhere around an hour, hour and a half that they were out running, which is a long time. It is, yeah. So police launched a death investigation at this point, point, obviously. So they were speaking to any of those people that were present on the morning of Tucker's death. There was definitely a lack of information about what happened. Did he start with everybody else? It sounds like yes, he okay. did. Because he, he, yeah, okay. I wasn't sure if he came late because of the breakfast thing, but I'm sure it was probably one of those things. Maybe they're like driving a truck and they all have to follow the truck and they can throw stuff. Who knows? There was no know. mention of them following a moving vehicle. Okay. So... Hmm. They told a story of meeting at the frat house, going for the run, coming back. Basically, what I heard on the 911 call is what everybody said. We met for the run. We went at breakfast time. We realized Tucker wasn't there. They all said they hadn't seen him fall into the water. So they're not getting any information of how did this 19-year-old athlete go out for a run and end up in the waters below a bridge? What the hell happened? Did he decide to do it himself? You know, was you know they have to investigate every piece of it did he have a vendetta with somebody you know whatever uh, yeah that's tough and of course it's coming up that he got into a little tussle 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 with uh one of the members about the lack of breakfast so his parents are you know hearing this devastating news that their son died in a morning run for the frat and they're not understanding what happened and they began to wonder if they would ever learn the truth of what truly happened to their son that morning. So court records indicate that Tucker's family found that some of the Sigat brothers were deceptive. They were not forthcoming with police. Members had deleted many text messages. Some tried to delete cell phone records in the days and hours after Tucker died. Campbell Starr, who made the 911 call, actually ended up changing his phone number. His attorney later would claim that the only reason why he did this was because he was being harassed by the media but regardless it just looked suspicious sure so a witness finally came forward with some information after the investigation had been at a standstill for close to a year it was about 11 months that tucker's family has no idea what the hell happened i mean the brotherhood of your you know fraternity is one thing but somebody died i mean and if it's at the hands of this guy that he had the little tiff with or you know whatever then you have to come out and say something about it i mean a whole year that's pretty bad like Mm -hmm. if somebody knows something even if you heard some stories and people talk yeah teenagers talk especially within a community of brotherhood where it's tight especially when they drink alcohol and stuff you know loose lips start you know roaming around they do sink ships and hopefully whoever you know had did this to tucker they're gonna get sunk so cindy hips feels that this person coming forward helped answer some questions connect some dots but she still feels that there are some dots missing and she hopes to one day know the full picture i'm going to tell you a lot more about this witness and what was said here the sheriff's department thoroughly investigated and interviewed the alleged witnesses but no criminal charges resulted from any of the witness statements 
A wrongful death lawsuit was filed in April of 2015 in Pickens County Court seeking more than $25 million in damages from a list of defendants believed to be responsible for Tucker's death. Included was Clemson University, the South Carolina Beta Chapter of Sigma Phi Epsilon. Is it Sigma Phi or Pi? Phi. Okay, good. I'm glad I'm saying that right. Sigma Phi Epsilon Fraternity Incorporated and the three members of Clemson's SIGAP chapter who actually arranged the pre-dawn run, which was Thomas King. This is the person that he got into the little spat with about the breakfast. Campbell Starr, who was the one that made the 911 call. And then Samuel Carney, who happened to be the son of Delaware Governor John Carney. The lawsuit claimed that King ran behind the group to ensure that no one fell behind. It indicates that he received a phone call from another frat member that was angry that the breakfast hadn't been provided, as instructed, and that King confronted Tucker about this on the bridge, you know, saying, why the hell didn't you bring the breakfast? On this bridge. Mm -hmm. This is what's being said. The Hips family believes that the university, the fraternity, and the three members are to blame for Tucker's death and tried to cover it up after the fact. You know, like, crap, we're in a, a world of trouble here. Yeah. So the suit also felt that Clemson should have responded to emails that they were sending asking for permission to hold the run, telling them that, no, you cannot you know, hold the run. Instead, they just went unanswered. Yeah. I mean, they're absolutely liable. Mm-hmm. Uh, part of I mean, I, I'm positive you're going to tell me that they settled for some kind of a large amount so we'll we'll see yep so south carolina tort law protects clemson university's financial liability so they would never be required to pay the full 25 million dollars i'll just say that okay tucker hips lawyer filed an amended version of the suit saying they had wit a witness this witness that i told you came forward who could corroborate the claim that king star and carney forced Tucker to climb onto the narrow railing along the bridge and walk some distance on top of the railing, which caused Tucker to fall. He basically came to light that also in the years of these runs and things like that happening in the past, there was a tradition that existed that pressured or forced pledges to jump off of a bridge and swim to the shore. So there's like various reports of, you know, in this case, obviously the people that were pledging were not forced to jump off the bridge and swim to the shore because only Tucker fell here. So according to court documents, this witness and most of the things I read, he was unnamed, but in several he was. This was 73-year-old Edwin Griffin. And he said, no, it was not. None of the kids ever came forward with information. So this person said that he saw several kids on the bridge as he drove over. One was on the railing. He wasn't quite sure of what time of the day this happened, though. So there was a lot of issues going on with this witness. Court documents indicate that Griffin was not cooperative at all. He missed many scheduled deposition dates. Eventually, they had to tell him, like, if you do not respond to this, you will be fined. He basically got forced into coming and giving a deposition. The witness described the students as laughing and having a good time, which indicated there was no force of hazing involved. The witness claimed that he drove over the bridge to go to a gym at Clemson, though according to records with the sheriff's department, 
he was never on record as going to the gym that day. Interesting. So there's problems here. So his story can't necessarily be believed. No. He described the students as wearing orange, but in actuality, they were wearing dark clothing because remember that text, wear something dark so that we're not spotted running. Sure. So he wasn't consistent with what he saw. Clemson is also orange. It, they so are, yeah. That's, but, that's why you know he might just be thinking about it that way. Mm-hmm. But still, it's like there's a big difference between orange and black. Yeah. And then during the interview with the um, Oconee, was am I saying that right? Yeah. Oconee? Oconee. Oconee. Thank you. I did not want to say that wrong. So uh, during the interview with Oconee County Sheriff's Office, the witness also appeared to be coaching himself in the video while he was alone in the interview room. Hmm. So county officials dismissed this witness due to questions of credibility. Yeah. And you can't really blame them. I mean, if you can't, if you can't get a story straight, uh, you know, has a lot of things wrong, then how Mm -hmm. many, how much of it is actually true? Yeah. And the problem is, because it'd be awesome to yeah, have some kind of answers for Tucker and his family. And that it be fact. Right. So this is the only person that came forward with information about what actually could have happened, but they couldn't take it. You now, know, I, I kind of get that maybe none of the other kids had information. Maybe they were way ahead mm-hmm. or maybe, you know, I, somebody had to have seen something unless Tucker was the last one, which I doubt. And I'll tell you a little bit more that tells you that he's pro- other people knew what happened. Oh, God. So it was said that Tucker slipped from the railing and caught the railing under his arms. It's basically it's not a metal railing. It's cement. I, I saw it. That's what I pictured. He tried to climb back onto the bridge unassisted. He lost his grip and he fell headfirst into the water below, Ugh. striking his head on the rocks in the shallow water. Carney's attorney claimed that he didn't see anything. He did not have anything to do with Tucker ending up in the water below, which is basically what everybody claimed. Right. King, Starr, and Carney then returned to campus with the other pledges, providing no help to figure out what happened to Tucker. The lawsuit alleges that King used the flashlight of his cell phone to shine down from the bridge into the dark waters below. Because again, they're running in the early morning hours. It's not let yet sun, you know, the sun hasn't risen yet. And remind me, was King, Star or Carney one of the guys that called 911? Um, Star called 911. So Star, one of these three guys you're talking about, called 911. King is the one that got pissed off about the breakfast that supposedly received a phone call saying, what the hell, Tucker didn't bring the breakfast. And confronted him. And confronted him. him on the bridge. Right. So there is report that he shined his flashlight from his cell phone down to the water, which proves that he knew that Tucker fell. Okay. And where did that report come from? I'm assuming this witness. Okay. Oh, then you can't, that's not admissible, really. Right. You can't, well, no, there were no criminal charges filed. Right. No, no, these kids didn't get in trouble. Not to mention, if it's 20 or 30 feet down below, you're not going to see anything with a cell phone. But like. it would be natural instinct to want to try to see. For it. sure. Yeah. But the question is, too, this witness, if you saw somebody fall off a bridge, wouldn't you stop and try to get help? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I know that's what I would do. Right. Or at least make a call somewhere. Like, maybe not stop, but make a call immediately. Hey, uh, I just saw, I just saw fall off a, bridge. a kid fall off the bridge, you know? Yeah. But that never happened. So there was word that was, um, you know, King's on the bridge. He's looking down. He's shining his flashlight. Whether or not this happened, we don't know. 
but he called Star at this point, the one that called 911. We don't know what was said during the conversation. We just know that at this point he called him. The frat brothers then ran over the bridge and went back to campus while King stayed and continued to shine his flashlight down toward the water. And this is according to this guy who said he saw something. Yes. And then from here, we wouldn't know what exactly happened other than what the frat brothers may have said. So later at at the frat house, he gave a lecture to the fraternity saying it would be disappointing if a member fell behind since they should act as a unit. King said this? Yes. He basically gathered the group of pledges and frat brothers and said, you know, it'd be a shame if you if anyone fell behind since we're a unit. The morning run was not hazing. That's what he's he's telling everybody. He knows he's in deep shit. They're basically. damage control yeah, right now. Yeah, 100%. So more than seven hours, again, had passed before Starr notified the police that Tucker was missing. His girlfriend, Tucker's girlfriend, Katie, wasn't getting a hold of Tucker. She, he was, she was texting him, calling him, whatever. So she reached out to one of the members, said, hey, have you seen Tucker? This member lied and said, you know what? Somebody said they saw him in the library. He then text a group from the frat and said he uh, he told them about the lie and said it would help them buy them time so you know they're they know tucker's not coming back yeah so not good and they're not sharing any information mm-hmm. so cindy hips lawyer jennifer burnett feels that what happens is that fraternities ask people to do small and meaningless things clean up buy beer things that seem fairly innocuous in nature. Then the fraternity asks you to do something that puts somebody at risk and you can't say no. In July of 2017, all parties settled the lawsuit with the Hips family. Some details of the settlement will be kept or were kept confidential. So we don't know a lot of it. Yeah, they probably can't say how much they got just in Mm -hmm. return for getting the money, which whatever, it's not going to bring your son back. I'm sure, you know, they'd much rather have their son. Yeah, and they weren't doing this lawsuit for the money. It was more to like make a point of like thinking Things have to change. Get in the press. Yes. Be like, this is stupid. Like, why is this not, especially Clemson, not sending back a letter saying no. Right. Or whatever. It's having some kind of response. Whose job was it it? to check this email and respond back? Right. So Clemson had several incidents leading up to Tucker's death within its fraternities, and it had planned to suspend fraternity activities starting at 5.30 p.m. on the day that Tucker died. So there were problems happening. According to records obtained from the university, there was conversation of stalling this due to concern for media attention. We all know, you know, people don't want negative attention, so they're going to quiet things down. Well, not to mention universities like Clemson are multi-billion dollar Mm -hmm. businesses. I mean, we look at them as educational and you know kids are learning but they're businesses man they're they're looking for their dollars and look, they have a pr department you know personal personal relations or perfect whatever and uh it, it's they're trying to protect themselves. public relations public, thank you public relations yeah and they have a marketing department they, they're like run like big of big course. businesses mm-hmm. and they have tons of money coming in we all if you've ever sent a kid to college you know how much money you're spending yeah so and that with football and bas- all the sports all the money coming in for that and they're they, they have a lot to lose with bad bad press exactly so they were trying to keep it quiet but after tucker's death all functions were suspended not only because of what happened to tucker obviously this was a major push but also because of what the additional previous troubles were and you can say oh the students are a number one concern bullshit mm-hmm. if they were you come one. out with that right away yeah right money's number one and then the kids because yeah. they pay us money According to Cindy, had she or Tucker's dad, Gary, known of these incidents, they would have stopped 
Tucker from pledging. They were already concerned when Tucker wanted to pledge, but they had gone to orientation at the university and this had swayed them in the direction of, you know, encouraging Tucker to pledge. So, you know, while they were in orientation, she was hearing about improvements in time management skills, higher grade point averages, and she had a conversation with her husband, Gary, to allow Tucker to pledge. Sure, I can see that. You know, if the kid really wanted to, and he seems like a kid with a good head on his shoulders and services. Yeah, a lot of frats and sororities do a lot of public service work Mm -hmm. and, you know, all that stuff, which is awesome. But unfortunately, stuff like this happens sometimes. In her wildest dream, she would have never imagined that her son would have been harmed during the process of pledging to get into a fraternity. The settlement with Clemson stipulated a payment of $250,000 and the endowment of a $50,000 scholarship in Tucker's name for Palmetto Boys State attendee to then come and study at Clemson. The university also dedicated a pew in Hucker, Tucker Hips's name in Cadden Chapel on campus, and a plaque was placed in Tucker's memory. The chapel is named after a Clemson student who died in a car accident in 2015. Oh, how nice. Yeah. Like, geez, I mean... Man. The SIGAP local chapter was removed from campus on a five-year suspension that expired in December of 2019, and the Virginia-based national organization agreed to educate both current and future members about the incident. Most of the money from the settlement would be used to pay the HIPS family lawyers. Um, so whether or not they reinstated SIGAP at Clemson, I could not find any confirmation. All I know is that it expired in 2019 and they were starting the process of trying to get back and potentially back in 2020, but I could not find whether or not it actually happened. Well, the thing is, it doesn't matter. It's not like the, the fraternity no. is ultimately the reason that this happened. It's because kids were stupid and they did dumb shit that you know, they made horrible decisions, whether they're part of whatever fraternity name whatever greek letters you can come up with it doesn't matter which one it was it's like that okay you're suspending this one what about the other ones that might be doing something similar yeah obviously Mm -hmm. they probably looked into those too but all this stuff is so like you know one of my favorite movies is animal house which is about going to a frat and all that stuff and meeting people and having all these parties and you know it's it's not like that anymore man you can't be like messing around with this crap and the binge drinking like you know making sure that they drink a whole bottle of alcohol like when we went to school somebody died from somebody that went to my high school that I knew at our college like died from drinking a whole thing of Goldschlager in like an hour you know Mm -hmm. like that kind of crap is so stupid man it's alcohol poisoning yeah exactly like in something like this this isn't even part of the pledge process this was a guy being I mean uh, allegedly that one of these guys like made him walk on the thing because they heard this story before just like stupid kids being stupid man just making decisions that they don't realize can end in somebody dying yeah another thing that happened on our university campus at a frat house was they had a huge um like what was it like a brick that was propping the Uh. door open upstairs and everyone was drinking and intoxicated and the guy took the brick and just threw it over the balcony and one of his frat brothers was standing below and it struck him in the head and he died yeah. on impact and it wasn't because of this frat's it, name whatever it was, it was. It because of matter. drinking yeah just bad decisions yeah so um after the settlements were approved cindy and gary made a statement we lost our only son tucker in a senseless way no student should ever go to college and be expected to participate in dangerous activities no student should ever experience hazing if your son or daughter is joining an organization and you have concerns please be diligent please contact the college or the university please talk to your children please take advantage of the information which is now public about these organizations through the tucker hips transparency 
Privacy Act by looking at the school's website. Ah, that's awesome. So because of what happened to Tucker, the South Carolina legislature passed the Tucker Hips Transparency Transparency Act in 2016. This requires universities to publicize code of conduct violations by student organizations. So I was clearly able to see exactly who was on suspension and when it would be up. Like there were several. I remember one was like up in 2025. You know what they should also make them do is publicly publish what you're going to have to do to be a member of this fret. Mm -hmm. And it cannot like get like veer off of that track right like if okay there's all these secret bullshit rituals okay enough of that man like if one person died and unfortunately many more than one have died oh yeah um it's it's time to just lay it all on the table Uh so and i know it's going to put them up for liability it's like well we can't say that they need to drink like 12 beers or whatever yeah well then stop doing the 12 beers how about they don't drink 12 beers to be a member make them do something stupid like run around their underwear whatever like that's funny and whatever but like none of this shit that can make people die exactly like when are they going to like come to their senses and just make sure you have to publish everything and you know be a whistleblower if there's something that they're making you do that's not fully published then let's come out and you know rid them of that the problem is nobody wants to be that guy you know you're trying to get into this thing you're like i'm not gonna throw them under the bus and tattle on them that's the problem because that's the mentality i'm not gonna be the whistleblower yeah so Cindy and Gary Hips were determined that something positive would come out of such a tragic situation, and they have worked to raise awareness about the dangers of hazing. They travel around to different universities to speak with fraternities about their son. Cindy and Gary hope that changes will happen so that no other parent will have to feel what they have been forced to live through. They also established the Tucker Hips Memorial Foundation to keep his legacy alive. After Tucker's death, the university implemented changes to its Greek system by adding new staff members to add leadership and health and wellness programming, to increase council advising support, increase new member education on hazing, alcohol, sexual misconduct. You know, really what it is is so much of it stems from the alcohol because we're making bad decisions because we're, you know intoxicated and now all of a sudden there's a sexual misconduct suit what do they say 90 percent of sexual assault cases happen on college campuses involve alcohol but here's the thing that i'm just thinking about right here in tucker's situation this didn't involve alcohol no, there was at all. no involvement of alcohol and in what the example i just gave making them run around you know naked or whatever this would be considered kind of sent like fun you know like okay make them run at three in the morning that should be not a big deal right but, but it is considered hazing. Yeah, I guess so. so and I, there's no hazing allowed. Yeah, and, but I mean, and this had nothing to do with the run. You know, I mean, it did because he didn't bring breakfast and allegedly maybe somebody threw him or made him get on this uh, bridge and jump off or, you know, he slipped. Just, just walk it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's really hard to say. I mean, we, we keep talking about, you know, the sexual stuff and whatever, but and this, this had nothing to do with alcohol. And that had nothing to do with Zero. That. So I guess, yeah, all hazing. Do you just stop it? Well, sure. I mean, and really, that's what the goal is. Yes. Yeah. I mean, why? can't they just be friends and do good things in the community right yeah exactly i don't know so they've also added fraternity and sorority life certified peer educators to implement peer-led wellness programs a 2017 article indicated that the 2016-2017 academic year saw a significant decrease in violations of the student code of contact 
conduct by frat members. So I think it's just got to be like, this is just the way going forward. Like, you change the culture. You just change the culture. Yeah. And, like, and kids are going to be smarter because like, it's like, oh, I've read about all this crap on the internet. Mm-hmm. You know, when we went, there barely was internet. So it's oh, like, yeah, there really wasn't. Yeah. I mean, this we started we school in 1997. We had this thing called email, electronic mail. It was really <laughs> exciting. And we uh, had to go down to the computer lab in order to check it. <laughs> yep. Yep. We had to look at our messages. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the, and now they can look it up and be like, no, I'm not doing that shit. That's stupid. Right. And, it just needs to be normalized that you're not going to be hazing. And then you can go to the fraternity that doesn't make you do that stuff. Exactly. Cindy is hopeful that someone who was there the morning that Tucker died will come forward to reveal everything that they know. Because, of course, this was 2014. Time has passed. These people are now probably parents and have children of their own. She hopes that maybe something will change in them and that their conscious conscience will prevent them from going to the grave with the information they know. How do we know more people than King, Star, and Carney know? We don't. Do we, okay, those three. No, you know, it's more about sitting in the place and having conversations and did you overhear something? So, but we know for a fact King, Star, and Carney. Probably, Probably no. What we think would have happened was that King was present on the bridge with Tucker. He made a phone call to Star. What was said, we don't know. Star is the one that ultimately called 911. I uh, actually know somebody with the same name as one of these guys. Oh, really? And yeah. is the same age. So, hmm. I mean, we'll, I'm going to have to look him into this person. So, you know, obviously, like I said, this was how many years ago? Six, seven, eight, nine, nine years ago. So now these kids are, you know, 30 years old. They probably have kids and you'd be looking at your child think like oh my gosh tucker's parents lost him that day i mean if you're if you search for this story and you happen to be listening to us you are a certified piece of shit if you know something extra and you have not come forward with it and i think it's not even if it's something extra it's like she wants to just know she's being told by some 73 year old witness that's not giving good information he's seeing he's not sure what time of day he went over the bridge he said he went to the gym he didn't he said they were wearing orange they weren't she just just wants to know what what happened to oh, my yeah. son that day yeah extra is not what i meant i mean if you can give some information she any kind answers. of information outside of these guys king star and carney if you've heard stories then please like just tell tell them i mean do it anonymously who cares write a letter man like, that's what my thought was buck up be a be a human being and send information like these <laughs> i'd be like questioning all these guys that were part of this fraternity like you're a a piece of shit if you haven't said so if you haven't heard something and told something then you're a piece of shit and odds are we know in the stories that we tell on this podcast that a lot of the time people get caught doing things because they can't shut their friggin mouths i know that the story is and that the story has gotten out maybe it stayed within the the walls of the fraternity house and it's like you know this is going to die with us but somebody heard something within the walls of that frat house. give me a break who gives a shit man i'm yeah and i know it was a huge mistake i you know they didn't want him to die i'm sure they want no to... and i don't believe that they wanted him to no, die of course and... i don't think that they're bad people right they made a bad choice right you know and it was a stupid teenage thing hey, get on the bridge and walk the thing teenagers don't think about the consequences before they act sometimes i'm not saying every teenager but sometimes teenagers have that knee-jerk reaction to do something and they don't think about what can happen as a result of it well here's the thing here's i'm trying to put myself in the shoes of a person that that has heard a story you come forward and you say okay anonymously i know some stuff now the police are like we can't file charges unless you're not anonymous so then this one of these guys maybe assumingly you're going to have to press like you're going to have to help with charges against them and they're going to get hit for involuntary manslaughter yeah and they're going to go 
go to jail and they're going to lose their family and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Not saying that they shouldn't because Tick Tucker lost his life because of one of these assholes. Right. But at the same time, this person might have a great family and be like so sorrowful, but still they'd go to jail for years. And I don't even know if that's what Cindy wants. I think she just wants to know what happened. If like if you came forward and then, you know, uh, Tucker's family might be like, we promise we won't press charges you know that might be something different not that or I'm just, just spitballing here. anonymously write a letter hey i just want you to know that morning x y and z happened i was there or i wasn't there but i was i was at the frat house there was conversations happening i heard what happened and just maybe she'd even be satisfied with that's that. true yeah just leave a letter send a letter somewhere and then yeah if, the, if it hasn't been done already just say i'm not coming forward ever um the person is very sorry for what they did mm-hmm. and you know, so sorry for your son being lost we, that's not what we meant yeah and i and like i said i don't believe they would have ever wanted tucker to fall to his death yeah she says cindy says that she forgives the boys involved in her heart because she refuses to live as an angry person a fifty thousand dollar reward was offered to anyone willing to provide additional information it was later increased to a hundred thousand dollars since it increased the investigators have only received a few tips there was no substantial leads came as a result of the increase. Cindy and Gary, Gary miss Tucker terribly. He is still the first thing they think of when they wake up in the morning, the last thing they think of before they go to sleep. Each year on September 22nd, the family and friends of Tucker gather at the cross that stands on the bridge where Tucker fell to his death to honor his memory. Those who want to come forward with anonymous tips can call the Oconee County Sheriff's Office directly at 864-638-4111 with any information you might have. Yeah, if you know somebody that went to school and was a SIG app at Clemson. In 2014. Yeah. Right or even thereafter, you know, people talk and, hey, remember Coming three back. years ago? Yeah, yeah. You know, there's some people, anybody who was a SIG app around that time. Although they did go, they got suspended for five years after the fact. So there wouldn't have been SIG apps or again. Or even before that time. So uh-huh. 2013, 12, 11, 10, you know, they all talked to each other. Mm-hmm. So, man. So that is just the terribly sad and tragic story of the death of Tucker Hips. I mean, if I was, if I went to, you know, if I was a SIGAP fraternity member, I would take that off of my stuff like around that time mm-hmm. yeah, at, at Clemson because I you wouldn't mean, want to be looked um, at. You mean off of your like resume? Yeah, like LinkedIn or whatever yeah, because I wouldn't want people reaching out to me, like especially true crime people, you know, trying to get information. True, you wouldn't want to be tied to it. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh, so I'm just very unfortunate that very. such a positive person in this world could die in just such a tragic thing like on a monday morning doing a harmless run and you end in in your death like i said why can't it just be harmless and it might turn into something stupid like this mm-hmm. mm. all right well so thank you all for being here yeah and thanks for telling tucker's story we appreciate it. if you guys like what you hear uh, i have good news for you you can actually get bonus episodes. That's right, Allison. Bonus. bonus, bonus episodes if you become a Patreon. So, uh, or if you just want to help us, uh, you know, Allison puts in, like I say, pretty much every week. Allison puts in five, six hours to every single story. So, um, you know, it's it's very much appreciated. So, if you're going to leave a review or come and be a Patreon, I think there's you're like cute when you say become a Patreon patron. Patron. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. So I'm cute either you way. Are, you're cute. Yeah, I'm like just one of those little engine that coulds. <laughs> um, but we want to say thank you to our newest patrons, Allison and Scott. Charlotte. 
Great name, Allison. Yeah, it's Scarlet's a beautiful Scarlet's name, too. Scarlet's a beautiful too. name, too. Absolutely. Both, actually, every single, it's the weirdest thing. Every single patron has, like, the best name and has the best face and everything. Yes, like, and personality and soul and everything. Absolutely. Pets and, uh, you know, loved ones. So, um, thank you so much for, for supporting us. We really appreciate it. And if, yeah. uh, if you become a patron, we're going to mention you next week, too. I think Allison became a patron as we were doing last week's she episode. Did. So, that yes. was pretty cool. Thank you for that. Yeah, uh, and we thank all of you for being here and listening. Go and buy yourself a t-shirt. You deserve it or a sweatshirt and look as cool as Allison right now. So uh, this Allison and maybe that Allison, who knows? So either way. And until next time, bye. bye.